Having one child makes you a parent. Having two makes you a referee. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the One Foot in the Sink podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Anis and Foz is here. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. And she is a drama mama. It's Hiba Masood. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Assalamu alaikum. Hello, my friends. Muslims. Muslims. Muslim lifestyle podcast. What do you think the podcast is about? I think it's about Muslim because you put your foot in the sink when you do a do. It's about a story called the Ghostbusters. Welcome to another episode of our Ramadan series. The theme of today's episode is about making Ramadan fun for kids. Last year, I created a Ramadan calendar for my son. Each day, he would receive a mini gift. He would always be excited for his gift. This year, I need some fresh ideas. So our guest today is Hiba Masood, and she's going to help us with this. Hiba, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you on Hiba. I'm really excited to dive into the episode. So I'm just going to read a bit about you first. So you run a learning center called Happy Place, which is an enrichment center for women and kids. You organize story, art, and yoga sessions centered around a more play-based education approach. So to build on that, Heba, tell us a bit about more about yourself and the work you do. Um, okay, so my work started as Drama Mama, which was just my Facebook page. And it was just me documenting my life as a parent. And over the last three or four years, it somehow morphed into a full-fledged creativity organization. And I think no one is more surprised about this than I am. So at this time, under the Drama Mama umbrella, based in Karachi, my team and I are doing a lot of different things. So there's Happy Place, like you mentioned, which is a space for families to play together. Um, so we host amazing classes all year round and special events, such as the upcoming Ramadan Moon, which I am so proud to say is the first and only Ramadan welcoming event that is held in Pakistan. I've written picture books. And so there's a Ramadan picture book that I've written called Drummer Girl. I work with local bookstores to review and curate their collection. I work with schools to develop curriculums and I consult for special needs families and um, just like a whole bunch of other stuff. But I think the unifying theme under my work is that I use my writing, my stories, my art, my heart, you know, everything I've got to kind of better the lives of kids and families here in Karachi and I hope across the world. Wow, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And you also got your own children as well? Yeah, I've got three. So I've got a nine-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old daughter. Mashallah. So a fully packed day. So good people to experiment on. It actually all started for them and because of them. So we homeschooled right up till this year, actually. So they were with me all the time and to just sort of entertain them, I think <laughs> I did all of this. Now they're in school and so I'm continuing on. Mashallah, it's great to see. So we're going to go jump into the main part of the episode now. And one of the first questions we had was around how can we instill the spirit of Ramadan in our kids from your point of view? Okay, so I love Ramadan. I know everyone says this, but I really, <laughs> really love Ramadan in the sense that I get like really high on it <laughs> as Ramadan draws near because there's so much that I want to kind of achieve before and after it. And I think when I work with young kids, I, I say this, I, I get a lot of questions from parents asking how can we put just general Islam into our everyday life and I always tell them you just need to normalize it right like if we can talk about like twinkle stars that are diamonds in the sky or tiny spiders that climb up water spout you know if my daughter is nice to a kitten I'm like oh you are so sweet to that cat you reminded me of the prophet you know but when it comes to Ramadan I think 
it's for me at least it's been important to go beyond the ordinariness and kind of go into the realm of the extraordinary and i always tell parents this is because ramadan is extraordinary mm-hmm. and we've got like dozens of hadiths and ayahs and you know quotes from important people supporting this right that ramadan is a very special time in terms of baraka and blessings and everything it can bring to our lives so why shouldn't we bring that into our kids lives Uh, so for me, it's extremely essential to bring that spirit into my children's lives. So how can we instill the spirit of Ramadan in our kids? Um, well, I think the lead up to it is just as important as the actual month. So on my end, for example, right about when a month, when there was about a month left, my kids saw that things started to kind of change around the house, right? I brought out the string lights. I haven't put them up yet, but they're out near our ironing table so they know it's coming up. I started <laughs> talking about clothes cuz um we always dress up for iftar, right? My I I make like three or four um shalwar kameez which is the traditional Pakistani dress uh for my children to wear at iftar times. We take out all of our Ramadan books. So uh, usually I have picture books kind of displayed all around the house but during Ramadan all of the regular picture books go away and all of our Ramadan books come out of which obviously there are so many things like that so I I I have very specific things that I do in the house with their wardrobes with food prep with with decor leading up to the month and then obviously in the month itself there's a bunch of other activities I do if you want me I can like you know go into certain details that I've like done with very young kids my kids are still very young yeah. but the traditions i started like 2 3 years ago so they were like you know 2 4 and 6 years old but we started a little thing called dua card so i would um ask them you know what do you want to pray for and they always prayed for like you know like random stuff that kids pray for like my son prayed for a new ipad app <laughs> or my daughter prayed that she wants really really long hair like a princess or some you know regular expected thing but i would write them all down and we would gather around my laptop and we would type them up and they would see that i'm typing out whatever they're saying like i'm not making any changes to the, their their duas because it is theirs and then we would print it out and they got to cut up those papers stick them onto card decorate it with you know glitter and stars and then at every iftar time they sat there you know clutching those little dua cards even though they didn't know how to read it was that there was ownership of the dua yeah. that's something that we do every year and it's a, such a tradition that they've already started talking about it oh when are we going to make our new dua card that's so cool that's a really good idea already a takeaway this uh, I'll, i'll be so tempted to you know uh, overwrite my son's dua with some other stuff <laughs> as well like could be good to your parents <laughs> So the last one I always said okay to so the last one and then you just give them that wide-eyed look and nod so they kind of nod <laughs> along with you. I would be like let's all be a happy family together, right? <laughs> and they'd be like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to your parents, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any harm in kind of prompting yeah. the kids along. I mean that is what teaching kids like Islam is about, right? You do kind of guide them in the direction that you want to go you want them to go in. Yeah. The wide eye look helps as well. Yeah, you have to sound like really like, you know, eager, <laughs> which we are obviously. Yeah, it's true. And I think one of the things that we wanted to ask was around how can you incorporate lessons within uh, and make it fun? And that's a really good uh, way to do that because dua is a is is a huge part of Ramadan making dua and yeah. that's a really good way to make it fun. Have you got any other ideas or activities that you do? So like I mentioned we do put out our book baskets so we read a new Ramadan story every night. We have our clothes ready for that. But one of the things that I'm planning to do this year that it's my first time doing because like I said my kids are just now getting into the age where I can start the actual teaching is that 
you get online these names of Allah coloring sheets. So I'm printing a bunch of them. I'm thinking about printing 30, like 29 or something like that to match the days. And just talking about those. So if it's something like Ar-Rahim or Ar-Rahman, you know, use kind, mercy. You talk to them about kindness. They get to do the coloring and decoration of the page. My nine-year-old, I can get him to do a little writing, like, you know, give me three ideas for how you can be kind to someone in the family or something like that. While the younger ones can just color and decorate and hear us talking about kindness. So this names of Allah situation is what I've planned for this year as a learning tool. Other learning tools that we do is the family prayer area. Like, so every, every Ramadan, we put out all of our prayer mats. And I wish, you know, honestly, I wish we did this year round, but we don't. But we kind of make it a point to pray Maghrib and Isha together in Ramadan. Um, so all of our prayer mats are lined up. And my, my girls, they don't know how to pray. They just follow along. But for them, it's a time to kind of connect. And so we talk about how connecting to each other as brothers and sisters in Islam and connecting to Allah are very important in praying. And then we sit down and we do the group du'a again. I think du'a is the easiest and, you know, uh, most basic thing that you can work with, even a two-year-old, right? Because everyone wants, like, we've all got the gimmies, right? Like, give me this, give me that, give me that, right? Like, (laughs) Like, where toddlerism starts from, just wanting stuff. So I think tying that in that, you know, Allah is who we ask for everything. Uh, Everyone gets into it, even the littlest kids. So I'm just, now that I'm talking to you, I'm kind of realizing that a lot of my activities center around du'a. That's really cool. Like like you said, du'a, you know, it's always give me, give me, give me. But what about on the flip side? What about charity? Do you have any like activities or ideas that you do with your kids about giving to charity? Like, you know, Ramadan being the month of charity. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I'll tell you some ideas that I've seen other parents do, which have really inspired me. But honestly, I haven't executed them are, for example, the sadaqa jars or the charity jars. You know, they'll set up a big jar in their kitchen table or something. And the kids are encouraged to drop in a few you know uh, coins or whatever every day the idea is that you know at the end of the month or near the end of the month we're going to give it away to a needy person I haven't done that yet just because I don't know I live in Pakistan there's no concept of allowance or kids randomly getting money like you know, <laughs> unless it's Eid so I, it just didn't really work well for me but one thing I have done and again this is something I did from I think really from the moment my kids were born like when they started crawling around we did this is I used to do this with my sister um, when we lived in Dubai actually and now I've continued it here is we make sadaqa boxes right the idea is like whatever your target is say your target is 10 boxes I'll line up 10 empty cartons somewhere in my living room and then we go shopping together so we buy 10 bags of rice 10 bags of sugar 10 bags of chips or 10 boxes of juice you know the kids get to pick their items as well and I pick the more like heavy duty stuff like rice and sugar and flour and all that but they also get to choose stuff 10 chocolates or whatever and then we bring it all back we dump it out all on the floor so there's a huge disaster of groceries on the floor uh non-perishable stuff and then the game or the activity is make those boxes so every box should have one of each item and again littlest kids will get into this i i mean i used to do it with three of my kids, four of my sister's kids, and then our friend's kids. So there was like this frenzy of kids and the whole fun of just creating these boxes. And they all knew that they weren't going to get any of the stuff that they were packing. So they were, you know, the idea of a kid putting a chocolate away in a box, already telling them to deny themselves, but they knew that we're going to tape up these boxes together. You know, someone's going to hold it together. Someone's going to put the masking tape on. Then they're going to get out uh, Sharpies, like we would take out markers and they got to draw all over the boxes. So, you know, you've got your art activity. (laughs) 
And then husband and brother-in-law would just go and drop it off to the mosque. And so they would see those boxes leaving the house. And some of the boy, boy kids, you know, they went with them and, you know, helped them carry the boxes out and stuff. So it was like a really a start to finish kind of sadaqah activity. And it's by far my favorite still because the kids are physically involved in it and they're having a good time. Like they see that our money bought food for yeah. a person as opposed to more like theoretical, oh, here's money, give it up to a poor person. I think my kids wouldn't understand what poor people would do with money. Like I don't think they're... Their sensibility is there yet. I really like that activity and you can see how the kids, there's lots of lessons in there and they take part of it. And I think Anish, you did something similar last year, didn't you? So last year what I did was I started this thing with my son where we took a box and then every day he would put away one of his toys that he would want to give away to charity. So the, the lesson there was, you know, he's got lots of toys and choosing a toy a day for 30 days to give away to a children's charity. Mm-hmm. So every day we'll, we'll have a ritual where we'll sit down together and he'll go through all these toys and then he'll say okay you know I'm going to give this away today and then some days we'll just get so excited he'll give you more than two items and then by the end of the 30 days we bagged everything up and then we went to a uh, local children's charity where they were accepting toy donations and then we just gave the toys to them and uh, it it was it was just a really good activity I mean, on the one hand, your house is cleaner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a, sp- a spring clean activity as well. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, no, but it sounds really nice because you're also teaching them, you know, give for your brother what you want for yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's really good. I did um, one something similar, but like not similar, but something a little bit different. But I think a lot of people, listeners, could could look around um, at local communities because we go to this something called Ramadan sandwich, and that's every weekend. Lots of families and lots of people, lots of kids. We get together, we make sandwiches for the homeless, and then we go and drop off at the homeless shelter. And the kids have their own section. So similar to what you were saying, they do the packing bit. So once we make the sandwich, this is like a production line, and at the end, the kids are packing everything up. They put in the sweets the bags they put in the drinks in the bags and then they make a little lunch bag and they put it into the box you know we make hundreds of those and my son's actually really excited about doing it and he goes i want to do it i want to do it because you meet all these like-minded people you're doing something for the homeless you're doing something for charity it's a really nice way to experience community yeah um so one of the uh next questions went to us what about any crafts activities uh, like uh, what kind of stuff do you do around crafts with your kids Okay, so totally speaking from a place of privilege here, but I live in Pakistan where things are really, really cheap. So the the last two or three years, what I've done is I've actually gotten a carpenter to build me a wooden mosque. Okay. Nice. I'm just so excited to share that. It's <laughs> not executable for everyone, but I just, if you can do it with a carton, like a fridge box or like a, a, like a giant carton that you can find, I've done that as well. But this year I've done it out of like an MDF sheet. So we make this plain brown mosque and then it's enough that I think my nine-year-old son could fit in it. <laughs> And then we paint it. So this is one of the biggest craft activities we do. Honestly speaking, it's the only one I do because I'm not very crafty. But I've seen, you know, other moms do lanterns and things like that. I, I don't get into the craft thing because it's really frustrating to <laughs> manage three kids. And they are just like fighting over the scissors and the construction paper and things like that. So I, I don't get into that. But um, like I said, the door cards, that's a little bit of art and stuff. And then our mosque painting. Our banner is one thing. I mean, if you want to talk about decorating the house eventually, our Ramadan banner, we make ourselves. So writing out the letters like Ramadan Karim and then cutting them, pasting them onto a colored card and then stringing it. The whole activity, it sounds very simple, but it takes us a day. Like I said, three kids. Right? <laughs> so it's a slow moving thing. Yeah, it's 
it's one of those timeless, you know, cherished memories kind of thing because they come across very cute. And so that will be strung across our kitchen eventually. On the decorations, do you decorate your house for Ramadan or is it more in preparation for Eid? Oh, we decorate for Ramadan. So about one or two, two nights usually, two nights before the first of Ramadan. Our lights are up, our Ramadan Kareem banner is up. Something fun that I'm planning to do for the first time, I'll let you know how it works out, is I've gone and bought a plain uh, sheet of purple cloth measured as a tablecloth. And I am planning to paint, you know, slash decorate it with my kids. So I've gotten gold paint and I'm thinking I'll just make little like gold stars and gold moons on it and they can they can fill in the paint. Or maybe stampers like using sponges or something cut in star shapes. Maybe the kids can stamp stars on it or something. So that's my, yeah, like you were asking about art. So that's my art activity that I'm planning for this year. So let's see how that pans out. So that's part definitely part of our decoration as well. So would you, once they design it, then would you hang it up on your wall? No, no, I'll spread it on my table. It'll be my tablecloth. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such so it'll idea. be a tablecloth. Yeah, purple is like the color of Ramadan from now on officially. So uh, we've got <laughs> a purple cloth for ourselves. So yeah, it'll be under our, on our iftar and suhoor table every day. What about for Eid? Do you do any decorations for Eid as well? So our lights stay up. Our Ramadan Kareem banner comes down and our Eid Mubarak banner goes up. So the matter changes, and then I've got I got these wooden letters that I'm sure you will find at any craft store, or someone can make them for you. Uh, they spell Eid, E I D, you know. And mine are bright white, so I set those up on my table, and um, that's about it. Like the, I think lights and banner is everything you need for kids. You know, lights bring such an immediate festivity, and the banner because they can you know at least see what's written and stuff. So it really uh, pulls it together. The little decorative touches like fresh flowers or candles or uh, little signages hung here and there. Like we have our, um, I have a big like a frame that we made together a couple of years ago. It says smile, it's sunnah on it. It's got a big smile on it. And uh, so that kind of stuff goes up in, you know, like just kind of sprinkled around the house. But basically our decoration happens in our kitchen because that's where our table is. We eat in the kitchen, so we kind of decorate there as well, mostly. So many ideas to take away there. And one of the things I wanted to ask was around the fasting aspect, because you probably come across a lot of children or a lot of parents that are, how, how do I kind of introduce fasting or make it fun for my kid? Um, do you have any thoughts on like the fasting for the kids and how you can make it enjoy it? So I will have to speak from a place of inexperience here because I haven't made my son fast yet. Nine-year-old and he's on the autism spectrum. So it's a little different for him. Everything's a little bit delayed. But I know other nine-year-olds who at least do part fast. I mean, it is in summer these days. So I understand it's long for everyone around the world. But I'm thinking just the idea of part fasts for something that I plan on trying this year with my son is cutting out his afternoon snack and encouraging him to fast for three hours. Uh, three or four hours, you know, something like that. And just, just, just talking about it, that we're, why we're doing this and how everyone is doing it. I think more than fasting or anything like that, my whole idea around Ramadan with kids is that there is a really nice opportunity here to create big traditions through little rituals, you know? So, I mean, if you do these ritualized, tiny, tiny things, like, like I said, we dress up in new kurtas for iftar time, or their dad puts on uh, the iftar perfume on everyone's uh, shirt collar, or I bring out the special tablecloth, like I was telling you, or um, making a simple dua out loud at the Maghrib Azan, like, thank you, Allah, for this wonderful food and our family that is sit- sitting together, and then point to everyone, you know, Baba, Mama. <laughs> you know, that's something that a little kid can also get behind and it becomes a ritual and I think if we just start with the rituals that 
us and our children will enjoy and we make it into a Ramadan thing, over the years, inshallah, it will begin to hold greater and deeper meaning. And that's the end goal, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. And I found that uh, as soon as you start making it fun, like my son is just, I want to fast. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Like, let me fast. Let me fast. Like, can I fast today? Can I fast today? So, and it's not been like, oh, when do you want to fast? It's just, you know, it's happened naturally, alhamdulillah. And he's, and it just comes out because he sees other people doing it. He knows it's a special time. He knows a special period. He knows why we're doing it. Precisely. I mean, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is what any parent of young children needs to remember because, especially us moms, we tend to feel very frustrated because we want to have an amazing Ramadan experience for ourselves and we want to give it to our kids. And sometimes the two kind of clash because you can't be so swamped in your own ibadah because you've got little kids to look after. And if you're busy making it amazing and special for them, then sometimes your own ibadah gets left behind, right? But I think what the balance to remember is that this is just the start of what you hope is your child's lifelong journey towards Allah. And I think any experienced parent will tell you that you know, first you make it fun and special, then it becomes a habit, and then it becomes like a lifelong anchor for them, right? So there are steps to this. 100%, yeah, really good point. I'm just thinking, like, some of our listeners might be quite young, they may not have kids, probably feeling left out listening to this episode, so trying to get them involved somehow. You mentioned iftar parties. Could you think of any ideas where people who have nephews and nieces, like, what can they do to kind of encourage their nephews and nieces and, like, instill some Ramadan fun in their lives? I, I always like the idea of, like I said, ritual creating. So when, when my own kids weren't born, but I had nieces and nephews, we did like Ramadan goodie bags or something like that, right? You just want them to feel that together, you know, commu- uh, like uh, collectively you are acknowledging that Ramadan is here. I think that that acknowledgement is all what makes it special immediately that, hey, my aunt is doing, you know, she's giving me something and saying, Ramadan Kareem, you know, I, I welcome to this amazing month. I can't wait to do it with, you know, do the rest of it with you. So that's basically what I would say to anyone who has young kids in any periphery of their life. So if you're, a, if you're an aunt or an uncle, you know, make sure you wish the children in your life. Don't just say Ramadan Kareem to your mom and be done with it right go call up your nieces and nephews call them on the phone if uh, you know you're in a different country make sure you get a chance to say it to them or on your family whatsapp group get all the nieces and nephews to record like little voice notes you know saying ramadan kareem uncle ali or whatever if you're an educator bring it bring ramadan to your classroom whether it's muslim kids or non-muslim kids it doesn't really matter it is a festive beautiful time and it should be celebrated with big kids little kids you know big people little people anywhere that's a really good idea. Yeah, and I really like that. And um, how about any books or resources would you recommend children to help them learn and get excited about Ramadan? Okay, so I have a bunch of favorites, but I think I'll pick two or three just to share with you. So Hina Khan is an author, but you can find her books on Amazon. She has written one of my favorite read-alouds, which is Golden Domes and Silver Lanterns. She has just this year come out with a new book, which is Crescent Minarets or something. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact name, but this one is about Muslim shapes. And the previous one was about a Muslim book of colors. They are awesome. The artwork, the language, the the learning within those are just incredible. I also like Ramadan Is by Emma Apple. Again, just one liner on each page, but a really good way to start discussions with kids. And uh, then I love my own book. 
because like I wrote it. That's why <laughs> it's like the best book ever written. So it's called Drummer Girl, and it's about a girl who wants to grow up to be the Ramadan drummer, which is a really important tradition in the Islamic world in many many countries. And I think it's a tradition that kind of needs to be. Celebrated, even though it can't be revived because,、uh, like, hello, we all have alarm clocks and phones now. But the Ramadan drummer used to walk around neighborhoods and wake people up for suhoor. So it was considered a very noble profession. And so this is a little bit of a feminist take on it, and it, it's about the love of a father for his daughter and how he helps her follow her dreams and stuff. And so I think it weaves the themes of Ramadan in quite nicely. So I would definitely, you know, recommend that too. <laughs> It's an award-winning book, so it's not just your opinion. So, yeah, agreed. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Where can people find your book? So, my book is on Amazon, and as of this year, alhamdulillah, I am finally able to offer it in Pakistan and around the world as well, because it'll be on book depository for around the world, and it'll be locally published in Pakistan as well. I wrote this book, you know, I dedicated this book for my dad, and、um, this is going to be my first Ramadan without my dad, and、um, it's just, it just means so much. To me, that it's it's finally available to everyone in the world. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll put the link to the Amazon link in the show notes. Oh, thank you so much. That would mean so much. And before we go, where can people find out more about you? Where do you hang out online? So on Facebook, just look up Drama Mama. You'll see my face. Person in the glasses smiling, and on Insta I'm on Hiba Masood, which is my name, and so I post about my life and the things I'm doing with my kids and my book and all of that. So yeah, find me online. Great. So that brings us to a close of our White Says episode, and you know, really enjoyed it. We've covered so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ruba. Thank you so much for having me. I hope all of your listeners and you guys and your families have just a beautiful Ramadan. Jazakallah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.